welcome to the Bullcast Podcast. I'm Kathleen Pickler today, and with me is W. Cortland Winsett. Hello, Kathleen. You forgot the Esquire at the end. Oh, Esquire. I'm sorry. I am an Esquire. Oh, and interrupted by the opening bell. (laughs) Okay, on this episode, this is going to be a lot of court in session. Um, We are actually going to talk about... Squee! (laughs) We're going to talk about powers of attorney because it's kind of continuing the conversation of taking care of your aging parents, but also it's something that's important for anybody that we need to discuss. And I feel like this is something that every time we've got a client coming in, it's a conversation we're having with them, making sure that they have their correct powers of attorney. And it's something that we wanted to talk about. No doubt. I mean, this is something that we've actually mentioned on several episodes, but we always sort of mention it in passing. Again, it's one of those things that we say, oh, we'll get to that. Oh, we'll talk about that. Well, we're finally here. Yeah. So (laughs) today, ladies and gentlemen, this is going to be a deep dive on powers of attorney. I'm going to talk about a lot of specifics. I have begged Katie to actually sort of keep me in line and make sure that I don't get too deep in the weeds and make sure that I don't get too boring. So, you know, if, if this episode fails, blame Katie. Katie, the safe word should be order in the court. I mean, I was pitching like crack the whip, order in the court. Like, come on. Like, I'll Bang crack the, the whip. Bang the gavel, order in the court. You don't crack a whip in court. Come on, girl. Sorry. In Katie's court, you do. <laughs> what kind of court are you running over there? My lanta. Okay, so obviously, if you haven't picked up on it, this is my lawyer episode. So we we decided to go with the and most... And Court did go to law school. He isn't... He is a lawyer, so... I don't really feel like I have to give that disclaimer at this point. Ladies and gentlemen, if you're just tuning in for the first time, then you didn't know I was a lawyer. But all the other listeners, y'all should know by now. Yes, I am a lawyer, so I'm not giving legal advice on this episode, but I am going to give you some information. uh, And and if you have further questions, you should definitely seek legal advice. Um, But... Because I'm a lawyer, because this is an episode that has a lot to do with the law, we feel like our top five this week should be, I mean, it's its its really on the nose. It's the top five lawyers in movies and TV. Oh, yeah. And uh, I'm going to let Katie go first. I've got a list of like... 15 to 17 lawyers here. I'm going to let uh, I'm going to let Katie go first and I'm just going to let her pick her top 5 from the list of 17 I've got and then I can almost guarantee y'all that even having not not spoken about this at all, I can almost guarantee you that she will not put a dent in my top 5. I already have mine picked. She's <laughs> going to just wing it. So ladies and gentlemen, Katie's top 5 lawyers, here we go. Okay. So, number one would have to be Vincent Vinny Gambino. Okay, well, I was wrong because you already took one of mine. <laughs> My cousin Vinny, Joe Pesci. Uh, I absolutely loved this movie. I remember that I wasn't allowed to watch it for a long time because of all the cussing that went into it. Mm-hmm. But it is an absolutely great movie and I just love so much it. Of is it is a fantastic movie. It is a hilarious movie. It's one of my dad's favorite movies. I mean... It's a it's a it's a great great movie. It's <laughs> hilarious. Vinny is a great attorney. Well, I mean, in this movie at least. So uh, another okay, I've got to... This is just I think my girl card would be revoked if I didn't say this one. Elle Woods, Legally mm-hmm. Blonde, Reese Witherspoon. Um, I'm going to Harvard Law School. What? Like it's hard. <laughs> 
I just, I, yes, I love yes. Reese Witherspoon. I think she does a great job. Yes, it was kind of a joke, but she, the movies are fun. Everything's pink. I actually, fun little fact about me, um, my college uh, advisor in high school didn't really think it was funny, but I did have my resume scented in pink <laughs> in reference to Elle Woods and yeah, you know. Yeah, that's awesome. No, I mean, <laughs> I, I, I'm I'm sad that your your high school counselor couldn't couldn't pick up on on how funny you obviously were. <laughs> All right, another one. Uh, Fletcher Reed, liar, liar. Jim Carrey. Okay. Yeah. No. He's. I, I know we've referenced this one before. The pin absolutely. is absolutely royal blue. Yeah. No. I mean the stuff that the stuff. Listen, the stuff that Jim does in this movie. Uh, when he's when he's a lot of it is sappy, a lot of it is cheesy. You know, there's some, but man, overall the 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 stuff that he does is is awesome. It's fantastic. Well, and what's funny about it is, you know, the little boy in the movie says, "My dad's a liar," and they're like, "Oh, surely you don't mean that." I'm pretty sure my mom t- tells me and has told this story for years that I said the same thing because you know David Pickler, yes, he's a financial advisor, but he's also an attorney, mm. and I think that when I was in kindergarten, I said my dad was a liar, and I meant that he was a lawyer. He was a lawyer because we should be very clear: David Pickler is also a lawyer. Yes, he is. So and so that's where I think that was had a little special place in my heart. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So. Oh, gosh. Okay, so that was three. Um, Four, Erin Brockovich. I know she technically was not a lawyer. Okay, there is no technicality here. (laughs) Erin Brockovich, uh, at least at the... the, I I don't know if the real... Because this was based on a real character. I don't know if the real Erin Brockovich has gone on to get her law degree or not, but... The movie is definitely based during a time when she was not a lawyer. There is no technically about okay, it. Okay, well, you- then that one doesn't count. We just skipped that one. Oh, okay. Okay, okay. we're skipping But it was that. a great movie. We're done. Yeah, it was, it was a, great. It was, it was a great movie. Julia Roberts did great. Okay, <laughs> then that goes to my number, my real number four. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, Will Truman. Will and Grace. I know that, you know, I love... The TV show Will and Grace so much. Uh, Will, you never really see him in action as an attorney. It's very rare you see that. But I just feel like he's a great guy. He cares about the people. He'd be getting an attorney. So, you know. Yeah. Okay. My last one is uh, going to be a little twofer. And um, this is going to be Boston Legal. Okay. Denny Crane. Of course. Mm, okay. But then also Court's favorite person ever. Don't tell lies, Katie. James Spader, mm. Alan Shore. Ladies I and gentlemen, just, he mm. hates James Spader for some reason. I Listen, think it goes back to Pretty in Pink. It absolutely does. I don't know James Spader personally. He <laughs> might be a great guy, but boy, do I hate every character he has ever played. And it all goes back to Pretty in Pink. Yeah. Boy, the guy that he played in Pretty in Pink was such a such a douche. But he's a great guy in Boston Legal. I love it. I don't know. I never watched Boston Legal because I hate James Spader. <laughs> you gotta watch it. It's great. Oh, my last little final. I'm sorry. I know I'm breaking the rules. But Billy Flynn, Chicago, Richard Gere. Okay. Well, I will let you have that. Okay. As a sixth, you took six because... Six and a half. Well, yeah, really. She included a law clerk. Wow. She, she included a clerk. <laughs> I will let you have that because your Billy Flynn leads perfectly into my number five, of which is it does. It, which is also Richard Gere. It's Richard Gere playing Martin Vale. 
in a movie called Primal Fear that also starred Ed Norton. And it is he it, it's a phenomenal character. It's also uh, it, it, it's also a book series, and I loved the book series as well. But he is he's my number five. My number four, I have to say this because if I don't, I think Robin will kick me out, is uh, Perry Mason, who also started off as an attorney in a book series, but then became a radio series, then became a television series starring Raymond Burr. Okay. Uh, and we, I, I spend a lot of really, really late nights watching this with Robin because she'll turn on whatever's on the, the local channels at late at night and it's always Perry Mason and he always wins and you know so who doesn't love Perry Mason okay staying in 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 line with my whole if I don't tell say this person Robin will kill me my next one is my number three is Jack McCoy obviously from Law and Order bum, bum. <laughs> that was a Netflix sound oh. <laughs> No, I just did the, the first. Criminal justice I system. just did the first two notes to the to the pum pum. Da, 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 there it is. There it is. So, um, but Jack McCoy is obviously he is he was on the long running original Law and Order series, like Law and Order Prime series. Uh, Twenty seasons. He played the ADA in charge of of all of the big homicide cases, oh, yeah. and we watched Law and Order in our house a lot. People, I mean, a lot, a lot. So, uh, Law and Order, Jack McCoy, great. Can't leave him off the list. My number two, I'm gonna. Since you took six, I'm gonna take six. My two okay. is gonna be a twofer. My number two is Tom Cruise. Tom Cruise playing a Daniel Caffey in A Few Good Men, and B Mitch McDear in The Firm. Um, now, I don't really, I don't really love The Firm. Uh, but it was filmed in Memphis. It was filmed in Memphis, and it also has the oatmeal guy. It has diabetes. 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 Uh, it has uh, Wilford Brimley uh, plays the head of security for the firm nope. that Tom Cruise works at. So anyway, but um, I love I love Daniel Caffey and a few good men. He he does some serious lawyer in. Uh, he's this he's this punk kid at the at the front end. He's like a lieutenant who everybody knows just likes to settle cases, but then he actually gets into actually tr- having to try a case and he does it. And of course, classically. He wants the truth, and um, you can't handle the truth precisely. So, <laughs> um, I love I love that movie, but I also love it because I was in the play version. I did I played one of the Marines that was on trial in the theatrical version um, uh, at, at a local theater. So, um, cool. that was fun. So close to my heart. But my number one, you cannot be a lawyer and not have this on your list. I'm pretty sure you lose your lawyer card. Atticus Finch. He plays the the legal hero of the classic novel To Kill a Mockingbird, which was of course turned into a movie and Atticus Finch in the movie was played by Gregory Peck. He won an Academy Award for this role. Um, he is he is just there are so many people that you will talk to. I guarantee you if you go out and just ask uh, 10 or 100 lawyers, you know, what fictional character in- inspired you to be a lawyer? Then a lot of them are going to say Atticus, Atticus Finch. So yeah. he is my number one. Okay, well, I do have to throw a couple real quick that David Pickler would be mad if we didn't mention, and that would be Ben Matlock, which was played by Andy Griffith in The Matlock Show, Spencer Tracy, Inherit the Wind, and Paul Newman, The Verdict. Okay. okay. We can be done now. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> 
That is our top five. Ladies and gentlemen, Katie, are we going to move on to the meat and potatoes? Meat and potatoes. And again, this is court in session. Let's talk about powers of attorney. Okay. So we have really talked a lot about powers of attorney over the course of, oh gosh, 50, uh, this will be the 52nd episode. So we've talked a lot about powers of attorney, but we've never really done a deep dive. So today's, the whole point of today's episode is going to be to do a deep dive. Again, I know I've already said that, but I like to repeat <laughs> myself and actually really get into all of the stuff that can be done with this document. Um, basically, a power of attorney is a legal document that gives one person the power to act for another. So um, the, the person that is acting is called the agent, and the person they're acting for is called the principal. Um, the agent can have uh, really broad legal authority um, or limited depending on you know what kind of document you draw up. And it can also be about financial affairs or it can be about health affairs. I mean, it really, there are a lot of different things that you can basically give someone else the authority to act for you on your behalf. In the context of what we've been discussing lately, because we've been doing sort of a, a parental care sort of theme in, in, in several of our recent episodes, um, your parents need to have a power of attorney where they have someone designated to, to take care of their affairs if they can no longer take care of them themselves. Um, that is absolutely vital, and it is absolutely a vital part of uh, long-term care planning is, mm -hmm. is having that title, that, that power of attorney assigned, not just for financial affairs, but also for healthcare. But I also want to point out that the power of attorney is not necessarily just for, for the care of elder people. I mean, you know, I know people that have, have gone online and, and downloaded a power of attorney because they need something to, to grant someone else power of, of, of attorney for healthcare for their child. You know, if they're going out of town and leaving their child with a grandparent or something, then they'll they'll get a form off. So the it's internet. really for anybody. Yeah, I mean, you could it could be you could be you as a parent could be signing a, a power of attorney form for your child that allows someone else to make decisions, healthcare decisions about your child while you're gone and your child is in their care. You could be personally signing a power of attorney that's about healthcare decisions or finance decisions, and you may be a, a thriving young adult. Uh, you may have a child that is going away to college. They're 18 and they're out of high school. Guess what that means? That means you don't actually have any authority as their parent anymore. You can't, you can't get, you don't have any rights to their personal information. If, if, wow. Yeah. I mean, once they're 18 and they're done with high school and Robin hates it when I say this, my, and okay, my wife hates it when I say this. So uh, you once they're 18 and they're graduated from high school, you really have no control over what they do. And Robin's like, hey, could you keep that on the down low? <laughs> you know, um, but uh, it's true. So if you want to be able to handle stuff for them, if they're gone or if something happens to them and they can't handle stuff for themselves, you've got to actually have a power of attorney because you, you, you really you, you lack that authority. Now, let me give you a caveat here. If your child is hurt in an accident and mm -hmm. they're not married, they have no other significant others and they're in the hospital and they're unconscious and you go to the hospital, the hospital will do what you say. Okay. You, so you don't have to have this document for everything. Um, 
because it can you, you, you as the next next of kin would have the ability to tell the hospital what what you wanted to be done for your child. Okay. But on the financial side, you know, school won't a lot of colleges won't release your child's grades to you because they're like, "No, nah, it's it's they're an adult. You need to ask them for their grades." You know, or You're like, "But I'm paying those bills." <laughs> yeah, it doesn't matter, but you know, they you you may not be able to access their bank account if they need help with their bank account. So, even a a, a young adult child of yours might need to have a power of attorney. It serves a lot of purposes for healthcare and for finance. Now, there are general power of attorneys Sorry, general powers of attorney, and there are limited powers of attorney. Okay. And so one of the things that that a general power of attorney would do is just sort of grant broad powers. And a lot of times it'll just be for an unlimited amount of time until the person revokes it. Uh, It's broad financial powers, broad healthcare powers, whatever it may be. It's broad and it can last forever. Uh, a limited power of attorney would be to take care of something very specific. I, as an attorney, have often asked people to sign a power of attorney for me that would give me the authority to act on their behalf in the closing of a real estate uh, transaction. If I'm like, listen, you're going to sign all the paperwork, but if something comes up and paperwork needs to be corrected, if I have this authority, then I can sign on your behalf. So would the limited be when... Like the grandparents are watching a kid, they would have limited power of attorney for it the could. kids. Yeah, it, okay. it, it absolutely could. You could you could have a limited power of attorney where you establish someone as a person who is acting in loco parentis jargon. Jargon violation. <laughs> okay, so let's just do a blanket statement on the front end of this. I am probably going to have several jargon violations over the course of this. Promise I will. I promise I will define everything. You better. Yes, I promise I will. But let's just get the the siren out of the way at the front. It was a jargon violation. Okay. So now moving on. In loco parentis basically means in in place of the parent. So if the parent is absent, then you act in loco parentis. I swear that's a Harry Potter spell. <laughs> it absolutely must be. Gotcha. So they are the backup. Yes, you're the okay. backup. It can be something that you set up where the person is acting in your stead for your child for a, a limited period of time or until you until you take it back. Okay, so like real world would be if I had a kid and we decided to go on a cruise or something like that and we knew that we were going to be out of pocket, I would give limited power of attorney to my parents that if said kid needs to go to the hospital or something happens... They had the authority to take care of the kid. Yes. And you can actually even, it can be even more specific than that. You could actually allow them to act on your behalf, even though you haven't even left the city. The thing about the way, okay, the thing about the way the laws work is there are a lot of laws in place, especially when it relates to protection of minors. Gotcha. The, the, the hospital is not going to not do anything because the parents aren't there to... to, to. So if the if you take a child to the hospital and, you're, and the, the child is obviously in your care and the child needs help, the hospital is not going to not help that child because you're not their parent. Yeah. So the hospital will take the word of a grandparent who is caring for the child and so forth. But 
the longer that goes and the more decisions have to be made and if, if the child's welfare isn't necessarily in imminent danger, the better it is to have a document that actually establishes this person who has my child and is caring for my child has my authority. I grant them my authority to take to, to make decisions for my child. Okay. Now, the great thing about this is in most states that have laws like this that will allow you to have a document that gives them this authority, they also have laws that say... If at any time the parent shows up and says no, then the parent rules. So you can grant someone authority to make decisions for your child for their health care. Mm-hmm. But and if the parents show up, if, yeah, then it, if, it's no longer. If I show up, then, well, I mean, the document still exists, you, the, but it just, your word takes precedent over who, whatever they said based on their document. It's like, oh, that's a piece of paper. I'm their parent. I make the rules. So most states have laws that protect the child. Most place, most states also have laws that protect the parent's authority over the child. Okay, perfect. That, so that's one kind of limited uh, power of attorney. Another kind would be, you know, just like time. You know, maybe you just have a power of attorney for, for, for making a financial decision that you grant somebody for a week and then it's gone. After a week, it's over and that's it. Oh, so it could be as short as a week. Very okay. Sh- I mean, you, it, time limit is is established by the person who creates the power of attorney. The principal, you know, we talked about there's a principal is the person that's that you're making decisions for and the agent, that's the person that's making the decisions for the principal. So if I wanted you to handle something for me, then I could make you a limited power of attorney until the deal is done. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And then, and basically at the end of the deal, when the deal is done, boom, every, all authority that I have is, is removed. You and, no longer have authority. And put asunder. Yes. <laughs> um, Interesting. Okay. So I, I get now why, you know, you need it for your aging parents to make sure they're taken care of. You need it for if you have younger kids. Yeah. If your parents are aging, you want it for them because because of incapacity. And we're going to get into that in just a second. Okay. Um, you know, a big thing with that is is incapacity. They're, they, they need help taking care of their affairs. But anybody might need help taking care of their affairs. If, for instance, if you go abroad for a year. Like, have you ever, have you ever traveled abroad for an extended period of time? Two weeks. Two weeks. Okay. Well, I wouldn't necessarily do it for two weeks, but um, if you were going abroad for a semester, which who among us hasn't wanted to at least? Oh yeah, absolutely. You know, or if you were going to be, if your job was going to take you overseas for a year, there are certain things that you can't do while you're out of the country. So you might establish a power of attorney to help you take care of your affairs back in the estate, back back in the states. While you're living abroad and working for some multi-international company, you lucky dog you. Sounds good. Sounds, I mean, makes sense. Okay. So that's, that's kind of the, 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 the broad generality. There's, there's the general, there's the limited, and there you go. Well, let's get more into the, the specifics. Oh, there's even more. Okay. Uh, 17 pages to be exact. Oh, gosh. <laughs> I told you I was a nerd about this. You're the one that's supposed to be keeping people entertained I while know, I geek I'm out. You Is there such thing as an intermission in the courtroom? <laughs> what would you call that? Isn't it court in recess? Yeah, the court's in recess. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, okay, so do, do we need to recess? So. If you're talking about a power of attorney to not, we're not going to discuss healthcare stuff right now. Okay. okay? We're going to set that aside. 
Um, one of the things that we've said is that anybody, any person uh, that has financial affairs, that has legal affairs, they might need help, whether it be because they're out of the country or because they're, they, they are not able to take care of these things for themselves. That would be just a, a power of attorney. Okay. There's no special name for it. A lot of times when we talk to people, we distinguish between the healthcare and the, 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 the conventional by mm-hmm. just calling it a financial, but it's really much more than a financial power of attorney. Um, and also there are, there are three different kinds. Let's assume from now on until I say otherwise, we're talking about financial power of attorney. There are three different kinds. You've got your conventional, You've got your durable and you've got your springing. So the conventional power of attorney grants the agent, uh, sometimes called an attorney in fact. So if you ever hear attorney in fact, that's just usually a lawyer calling an agent an attorney in fact. It's the same thing. But it grants them, the conventional power of attorney grants them immediate authority to act on the principal's behalf. Okay. In legal and financial affairs. So the... Ink isn't even dry yet. As soon as it's done, it is immediate. Once they signed and it's witnessed, it's done, it's immediate. And it'll either be for a set period of time until it ends or until it's revoked by the person who granted it. But the one thing about a conventional power of attorney is if something happens to me and I'm the one that signed the power of attorney, so Mm -hmm. I am the principal. Okay. If something happens to me and I become incapacitated, that conventional power of attorney is no longer in effect. Gotcha. The person who is who I designated as my agent, my attorney, in fact, loses that power if I become incapacitated, right? Okay. So that's a conventional. So then people were like, well, that's silly. It seems like almost the, the point of a power of attorney would be... Yeah, it would, would be, be if I was incapacitated. Yeah, exactly. So they have something that is called, and a lot of people have heard this phrase probably, a durable power of attorney. And a durable power of attorney basically grants those same powers, but... If I become incapacitated, those powers don't go away. Okay. Right? Perfect. So same powers, but durable power of attorney means that if I become incapacitated, you get to keep the powers that I granted you. Now, the last one that I talked about is the springing power of attorney. And that's for the person that goes, wait a second. You mean if I sign this right now, she could go out and clear out all of my bank accounts right now without me doing another thing? And I'm like, yes, well, technically she could. And they're like, well, I don't want her to be able to do that. Well, in that case, what you need is a springing power of attorney. And what a springing power of attorney would do is it would it would protect you if you become incapacitated and only if you become incapacitated. So springing is kind of like it, it will not be enforced until it needs to be enforced. Right. Really. So, okay. Okay. So there is... There is language, like we said, a durable power of attorney. There would be language in that document that said, this power of attorney shall not be affected by subsequent disability or incapacity by the principal. So if they get hurt or if they're unconscious, they, you know, this power of attorney isn't, isn't affected by that. Whereas with a springing, it would have language that says, this power of attorney shall become effective upon the disability. So when you get hurt, then it becomes effective. And if that specific language is in the document, then that makes it springing versus just an immediate durable power of attorney. So here is the part, Katie, where, because we talk about a lot, oh, we say, oh, it grants financial authority and oh, it grants legal authority, but we've never really run down all of the powers that it gives. So I'm going to try and do this in a 
in Rapid a quick fire. way. Yeah, <laughs> but you're gonna have to you're gonna have to help keep me on track. I got you. And uh, you're gonna have to throw some stuff in there to make this interesting because I want people to know about this stuff. Oh, it's, I want them it's to very understand. important, and this is something that people need. Yeah, but I don't want to bore the people. And when Court goes into geek mode, Court tends to bore. Okay, so Court, I've got the power. I have power of attorney. What does that actually mean? Okay, so generally it basically means you can do, sign, or perform anything for a person. Okay? Okay. So that that's the simple answer, and that's basically what we've said to people all along throughout the podcasts, all of the mo- that we've done. Basically, you can act in that person's stead for anything that they can do. Gotcha. In the broadest sense, that's what the law allows. But... Uh, there are more specific... Uh, but there's more. Yeah, there's, there is. There's more. Different states will list out different powers that if you... In in their laws, and, and it's different in every state you go to, they will list yeah. out the powers that if you grant a person authority and are under a power of attorney, what their powers have. So I'm talking specifically about the state of Tennessee right now. Okay. okay. We got this. So power of attorney in the state of Tennessee. You can receive or pay money with check or cash. You can buy, sell, lease, alter, maintain, pledge, or in any way deal with real estate or personal property. You can make or sign or file tax returns. Mm. You can acquire or uh, in any manner deal with a policy of insurance, including making claims. Um, You could uh, provide support for the principal. So if, if the principal is incapacitated that you're taking care of, you actually have the authority to provide for their care, whether that includes uh, hiring a professional to help or, um, you know, uh, making sure that the maid comes and cleans their house or whatever. You have that authority. You can access a safe deposit box. That's a big one. Having a power of authority, having a power of attorney, having an agent under a power of attorney if if you just go by what's allowed by Tennessee law, mm-hmm. they can access a safety deposit box, which can be a big deal if a lot of your important stuff is in your safety deposit box and you happen to be unconscious at the time. Yeah. Um, access money from the government. More specifically, if you've got government bonds, we've talked about those before in previous episodes, they can cash them out. Uh, borrow money on your behalf. Ooh, take out loans. Take out other people's money. <laughs> oh, gosh. Uh, employ accountants or advisors or attorneys. Um, start a checking account. Save, you know, use a checking account or a savings account. Close a checking account or savings account. Uh, invest money on your behalf. Um, do business. like So if you have a business and you have a, a, an agent mm-hmm. that you've assigned authority under a power of attorney, they can run your business while you're, while you're asleep. We'll say if you're in a club, they can pay your dues. If you're, um, it, you know, if you if you have a, a a trust, and I don't know that we've ever really gotten into trusts, but we will someday. Yeah, we'll get there. Yeah, you, <laughs> your power of attorney could your your agent under your power of attorney could actually put move property into your trust. Okay, they can sue on your behalf, or uh, they can also. This is a big one too. They can get paid. A lot of times there will be stipulations in a power of attorney document that says whoever is acting as your, as your agent can get paid for acting as your agent. At an absolute minimum, they can get reimbursed for money they spend on your behalf. I mean, I feel like there's nothing they can't do. There really is nothing they can't do. It sounds like it's this is giving someone the authority to really take over your life and 
you know, whether that's for good or evil. They can get all of the information on you. They can request it. They can receive it. They have authority. They can, they can even like, if you now, okay. So let me just say this power, this all consuming power that they have, Mm -hmm. it ends when you die. Okay. But there are certain things they can do. Even, even when you die, there are certain things that they can still do. You know, they can, um, they can, they can make advanced funeral arrangements for you. So as long as you, you haven't died yet, they can still say like, well, he looks like he's going to die. So, you know, I'm going to go ahead and make those funeral arrangements for you. Like, and she I personally, really doesn't need to spend that much on a funeral. I think I need a new pair of shoes. Well, I mean, on the other hand, I'm like, I want to be, I want to be, uh, cremated, cremated. And so I don't want my power, my, my agent going in there and like buying a funeral plot and a, 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 a cemetery plot when I don't want to be buried. I want to be cremated. Yeah. Scatter my ashes in, in among the polar bears. Now, there are things that they don't necessarily, they're not necessarily able to do, but they can do if you give them this authority. And that would be stuff like m- making gifts. Or uh, if you have a trust, like we've already said, if there's a revocable trust out there, you can give them you can give them the authority to to change that trust. Okay. Um, if they are a fiduciary in some way or fashion, you could potentially act on their like. It, I'm sorry, I should say, if you are a fiduciary and you give someone else authority to act as your agent under your power of attorney. You could potentially assign certain fiduciary responsibilities to them so they could act on your behalf as a fiduciary for someone else. Oh, wow. Yeah. I mean, seriously, this is just... So it sounds like there's a lot of options and customization to this and it's based on different states and then what you want to make this and how much power you are really giving to this person. All of these different options, you you can, in your document, you can say... They cannot do this. So any of the stuff that I just listed, you can say they can't do this. Even though the, the, the law says that normally people can, you can take it away from them. So it's important to understand just exactly everything that you are granting to people. So, and you may be getting to this court, but I do want to ask, um, when you say I do to somebody, when you get married, does that automatically make them your power of attorney? No, 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 no. And as a matter of fact... Um, there are a lot of people that would probably not get married if that were the case. I mean, if you think about it, there, there are people that, that, that I know that keep their stuff very, very separate. They're married, they're in love, they're going to stay together forever, but their finances, their affairs, their businesses, they are separate and they do not want each other involved in that stuff. So, so even if you are young and married, you need to make sure if you want your spouse to have authority for you, that you put a document together like this that Absolutely. says, yes, they have the power. They have the authority to do this for I've you. I've got the power. I was about to say that. <laughs> I, I mean, it's been in the back of my head, but I haven't, like, court, you've been so serious. I didn't want to mess it up. I mean, listen, uh, please mess me up because I <laughs> just, I just, I feel like I'm rambling. No, no, no. Okay. Well, so, and again, this is probably random, but um, y'all remember the show Tiger King, right? Oh, yeah. Carol Baskin. <laughs> oh, yeah. Absolutely. All right, so what I remember from that show, Carol Baskin's husband, you know, he obviously passed away. We, mm. We're not going to get into the whole of what happened, maybe. But there was the conversation. Oh, she totally <laughs> killed him and fed him to the tigers. I mean, what are we talking about Sardine here? oil. But there was this conversation about the powers of attorney and how there was a new document that showed up prior to him passing away. And there was verbiage in there of like, 
you know, that Carol was in charge with Dawn's disappearance. Is that normal to have verbiage in there of like disappearance? Yes. Okay. So not necessarily. Well, it depends. Uh, that's my <laughs> that favorite is answer. such a lawyer answer. It depends. <laughs> it depends. There are a lot of documents that I have done that define what, what causes a power of attorney to take effect. Okay. And a lot of times it'll just be something as simple as incapacitated. But sometimes it can be in the absence of the principal. And the absence could be defined as they're in prison. Or they are missing for months and months, but they have, they're not presumed dead or some stuff like that. So you can put elements like that in a power of attorney. Okay. It's not unheard of at all. So gotcha. it's not, I mean, by itself, that, that document, Carol's document that, that said, if he's gone, you know, that's not, at least in my mind, it's not totally damning that, that she fed him to tigers, but obviously she did. <laughs> So, and, and you may be getting into this in a little bit, but obviously it sounds like this person really has a lot of power and I think picking that person would be super important. Yeah, we're going to get into that. Okay, sorry. I'm jumping ahead. No, yeah. I just want to, I want to go over one last thing and then we're going to sort of kind of wind it down and get into some more. Okay. But the one thing that I didn't mention is, again, there are two types that we really break it down into. The, the, the most basic things is like financial, legal, so forth, and healthcare. Now, technically, in that durable power of attorney, that broad, general, durable power, power of attorney, mm -hmm. I could give someone the authority to make healthcare decisions for me. In that document, I gotcha. could have one document that gives everybody the ability or gives that one person the ability to make everything. decisions about everything. Generally speaking, that's not the way we do it, though. Usually we have a separate document that allows somebody to make healthcare decisions for you. And it's usually a much simpler document because, generally speaking, the healthcare power of attorney, if somebody is making decisions for you under your healthcare power of attorney, you're present, right? I mean, basically, you know, you, there's got to be, the doctors have to be working on somebody. Yeah, you're, for, you're there yeah. and whether you are aware of it or not, someone is trying to make a decision on what to do for your health. So if you're present and you can communicate what you want done for your health, mm -hmm. then you, your, your choices your choices are going to to take precedence over anybody else's. But if you are incapable of communicating with people what you want done for you, if you want if you don't want if you don't want to be on life support, if you don't want a feeding tube in you in your arm, um, then your healthcare power of attorney would be the person who is designated to make the decision to actually remove that feeding tube from your arm. And that can be a so heavy, heavy responsibility. Yeah. And, I mean, not to sound bad, but this is the person who can decide to pull the plug or not. I mean, we've all seen it in pop culture, mm -hmm. all the movies and TV shows, and it's who has the ultimate power to determine if pulling the plug or not. And um, But also, I do want to throw out a personal thing. Of I know that uh, when I got married, we did wills and powers of attorney, and one of the conversations I'm thinking health, like, okay, well, hopefully I don't have to deal with that until I'm older. But as a younger person, you may think about if you're going to have kids and say something happens when you're having a baby that you want to make sure someone has authority if there's a, and this is real deep, if there's a terrible decision of trying to decide 
do you save you? Do you save the baby? Mm-hmm. And that's part of the healthcare. And standard language, standard for for anybody that is of, ch- from a lawyer's perspective, one of the things that I'm always going to ask somebody if they if they could potentially bear a child. I'm going to ask them, do you want language in there that stipulates what you want done if you are pregnant versus what you want done if you are not? Mm-hmm. That's that's standard language. You may not have any interest in having a child, but we try and make these documents basically be uh, cover every possible angle. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. Because we'll, you never know what life's going to throw you. You never know. You know, life is, you never know what you're going to get. We'll just say that. <laughs> Tell you Forrest Gump. Life's <laughs> <laughs> like a box of chocolates. You yeah. never know what you're going to get. Okay, so we've talked about your general power of attorney, your financial one. Uh, we've talked about your health care. Uh-huh. The agents for these two documents can obviously be two different people. If you have two separate documents, then you can designate your son, who is an accountant, as your financial power of attorney. And you can designate your daughter, who obviously loves you more than your son, <laughs> As your healthcare power of attorney, if that's the way you want to do it. Yeah. You know, it, it you, you can make, or maybe your son you feel like would be emotionally better to handle the fact that you want the plug pulled the second that there's no chance you're going to live. And you don't want to put your daughter through that. Or maybe you, your daughter is the strong one and you don't want to put your, your son through that. You know, whatever it is. Or maybe you don't have children and you... You know, you want to make sure that your parents don't have to make the choice. So you give that authority to a friend who you know will do what you want to do. But then, you know, you, you can basically designate these. this person is going to make my health care decisions. This person is going to make my financial decisions. So what if I said it is one thing? Can I go and change it? Absolutely. Okay. It's revocable. It's always revocable. Um, it, it, you can change it, you can revoke it, you can amend it. I mean, unless you put specific language in there that limits your ability to do it, you can absolutely always change it. These things are not permanent. Um, that's one thing about a power of attorney is that it's not permanent. The court is not involved in this. This is not a guardianship. This is not like Britney Spears with a conservatorship. <laughs> I was just thinking It's not that. like that. Okay. That's, that involves a court. That involves a judge saying, you must do this. And people, let me tell you, if a judge tells you you have to do something, you have to do it. Judges... So we're not wanting to get a judge involved. This is This us, is to avoid getting a judge involved. This is involved. you taking the power in exactly. your own hands and you saying, if I am ever in a state that I need someone to take over for me, I want to be able to say that it's court that handles my financials and cam that handles my health. Right. Exactly. And there it is. Write it down, everybody. That is my power of attorney. (laughs) (laughs) And let me point out, just, just in case, so we're clear, if you don't want to be Britney Spears, you need to have these things because we already talked about her and her conservatorship and the alternative to having these documents set up prior to something happening to you is having people go to court and fight over you in court, in public. It's nasty. A guardianship or a conservatorship, it can be really ugly. you got a lot of people fighting about it. You've got a judge involved. You've got public documents, public filings. There's a whole public movement around it. It's, it's, it, can be, it can be terrible. And you can have all of this taken care of on the front end so that you don't have a judge deciding who should make your decisions for you. You've already designated in your document who should. 
listen, just the fact that you have attorneys involved. Attorneys don't do this for free. It's it, Bills are going to pile up. Oh, yeah. Everything so, gets expensive when you get attorneys involved. Yeah. So a, a conservatorship is kind of like an involuntary power of attorney. But, it, you know, if someone, if you're trying to help that doesn't have a power of attorney, then... Going and getting that conservatorship so that you can help them is would be your only option. You've 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 left a person or someone has left you with no other option than to go to court and get the court involved and spend a lot of money that they didn't need to spend. So moral of what I hear is do these documents so you will not be Britney Spears. Yes. You definitely want that power of attorney because you don't want to hit me, baby, one more time. <laughs> So the powers, uh, the powers that we're granting, they'll never let somebody change stuff that would be important to you, like a will. Okay. That's one authority that it doesn't give them. Yeah, oh, okay. I mean, you, you cannot, and at least in the state of Tennessee, you cannot grant someone the authority to write a will for you. That is simply not doable. You have to write your own will. You have to sign your own will, and you have to have witnesses that saw you sign your own will. That's the way it works in the state of Tennessee, and that's the way it works in most, most states. Most states, okay. And then finally, here's the thing. Well, why wouldn't I just have my doctor be my power of attorney? Because my healthcare power of attorney? Because, you know, they're the ones that know what's best for me health-wise. Nope, can't do it. Not under Tennessee law anyway. You cannot have your doctor be your healthcare power of attorney. Make sure this is like all of these things. I've listed all of these powers that, that you could grant someone or you couldn't grant someone. Make sure it's in writing, right? So I can't, me just verbally saying that court, you're handling this and Cam, you're handling that. It doesn't count. Some states it might be, I might be in some states. I might be able to take this podcast to someone and say, see here, listen, she says, (laughs) I can take over Katie's life now. It's never a good idea to do it that way. (laughs) Put it down in writing. Right. I mean, you know, it just makes it simpler. And with the so many different, different powers that you can grant someone, you want to make sure that you've addressed all of them. Yeah. Um, So it just, it helps avoid arguments. It helps avoid confusion down the road. You know, I said arguments. The, The thing is these documents, if you have everything written down and you have clearly designated a person who's going to make these decisions for you, then there won't be fights. The, oh, oh, yeah, because there will be fights with you know siblings involved and emotions and all of that. This takes exactly. it all away. Yeah, and you know um, a mother who wants to fight with her loved son's wife over who gets to make the choice about that. It's better to have all of that stuff laid mm-hmm. out before anything happens. Before anything comes up, who's going to make the decisions? Whose authority gets gets treated with? It's who has the power. Right. Right. Yeah, I mean, it sounds like arguments. You're touching on something that if you do know that there's going to be arguments, if there's siblings that may argue over what to do with, you know, mom and dad's estate, if, you know, something's happening with them, if they're, you know, in a nursing home and having dementia, or if it's a blended family, like different things that could come up where a power of attorney would be important. Okay, one of the things that I tell people all of the time, and this is, this is whenever I'm discussing a power of attorney thing with people, I always bring up the fact that with healthcare, if you have parents, then and your 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 parents love you and they want to to keep you alive as as long as they're alive at least. They if if they if all of a sudden you're in a relationship with someone and you want that person making decisions for you, but say you're not married for whatever reason, that person has no say and legally has no say in what what your health care is going to be like unless you give them that authority. And if it comes down to it and they had to fight with your parents and you haven't given them specifically the authority to make a health care decision for you, then they're going to fight your parents 
if they want if if they knew you did not want to be on a feeding tube and they're trying to get you taken off the feeding tube but your parents want you on it your parents are going to win unless you have that power of attorney in place so really this is helping to avoid fights in those very emotional precious moments you've designated someone who is going to make the decisions and carry out your wishes Really, all of this stuff, I, I know, I know I've rambled on, but all of this stuff comes down to there are laws in place that will protect you and make decisions on your behalf. So the question is, do you want someone who has made the laws to make those decisions for you, or do you want to make those decisions for yourself? Because you can come up with a document that tells people exactly what you want for yourself. You it, can be in control. You can be in control or, for instance, because we're in the state of Tennessee, you can let the state of Tennessee be in control. They've covered most of the stuff, most of the stuff they think is mostly important to most of the people. And so, you know, you can just let it roll with that and, you know, be done and not ever do the documents because who cares? Or you can make your choices and your preferences be known in a written out document, whether you're 85, 55, 25, you know, it doesn't matter. You have, you know, certain ways that you, certain things that you want to happen for your finances, for your health care, for mm -hmm. everything. You can lay those out in a document and be done. Or you can let the guys that sit up in Nashville and make laws all willy nilly. You can let them make the choices for you. Yeah. And I mean, it's so important to make sure you're in control, that your wishes are done how you want, but also that you have the power to pick the people who are going to handle these things. Because I I know I mentioned this movie before on our Aging Parents episode, but the, I care a lot with Roseman Pike, how she takes advantage of older people and gets powers of attorney for them to handle their affairs because they supposedly had no one else to watch them or take care of them. And so... Think about these people that you love and care for and, and even yourself because, yeah, we can all live in this bubble and nothing's ever going to go wrong and everything's going to be great. But the best way to prepare yourself, it's the same thing we say, have your emergency financial fund. Prepare yourself legally that if something does happen, that you know that you have the right person picked to handle your health care and your finances because the wrong person can... They can mess things up. They can really You remember screw that episode up. that we did with Byron, right? Yeah. One of the things that Byron talks about is is the fact that a lot of the financial crimes that he deals with um, are are related to someone who has been given power of attorney. Mm. And someone chose a power of attorney and they chose wrong. You chose wrong. So, I mean, I don't want to make light, but at the same time, you know, it's a serious decision. You can, if you give the wrong person this authority, they can obviously mess you up. So, I mean, in some ways, it's almost even more serious than the person you pick to marry when you think about it. Ah, <laughs> really? I, I mean, because like you said, your comment of just because you're marrying somebody doesn't necessarily mean you're giving them financial ability. Well, that's true. So, on that, you're giving this person, you are literally putting your life financially and health. In their hands and yes, saying you're with, in charge of it. With marriage, I'm putting my heart in okay, someone's hands. Okay, we're not hand. we're not doing emotional. Granted, it's shriveled and black, but it's it's my heart. Okay, well, I have the black heart here, and I'm just saying we're taking emotion out of this. This is just black and white. This person or persons, if you divide it out, mm -hmm. 
is a very serious position and yeah. it's something that you need to think long and hard about. They need to be trustworthy. Mm-hmm. They need to be capable. And they need to be a competent adult. You can't make a child your power of attorney. So that one's kind of obvious. But let's not go too far down this road without giving this caveat, because I'm pretty sure that we just successfully scared the heck out of a lot of people as far as using a power of attorney is concerned. There are actual laws in place. Um, And I I know I I referred to the fact that, that my brother prosecutes a lot of these things, but there are laws in place that require that a person who is your power of attorney, who is your agent, your attorney, in fact, that requires them to be a fiduciary, to uphold that fiduciary standard. And okay, so they, remind, hold on. Remind everybody fiduciary again. Okay, so basically what it means is you're looking out for the person's best interests. Gotcha. You are taking that person's best interests uh, and keeping that person's best interests in, in mind. So I guess you could say from that perspective that the power of attorney is is a little bit safer. They, there are laws that require you to look out for the best interests of a person, whereas whoever you marry, there are no laws that protect there's, you. Nope, there's no laws. They have to be nice. So, <laughs> they have to do the right thing. So, you know, there's that. Yeah. And it's, it's if life happens and things change, you need to change them. Well, things change. You know, we're, since we're talking about marriage, there's one last thing. And I guess I'll kind of wrap it up with this. But okay. You know, if you establish a power of attorney, a lot of people will make their spouse their first choice as their agent. Mm -hmm. And then they may have a kid or a friend or a sister or a sibling, something like that, that's their second. Uh, Make sure that you've got language in there that if something happens to your to to your marriage and you are divorced, you make sure that that power of attorney has a clause that says, if I get divorced, this ends. Some states have laws that specifically say if a person has a power of attorney and it's their spouse and they get divorced, it ends. But not all of the states do. Okay. So make sure there's language in your document that says, like, if we get divorced, this power of attorney is revoked. Um, you know, just just make sure you've covered all of your bases. Talk to a legal professional. Yes. But the most important thing is understanding that these documents grant a lot of authority but they also grant someone the ability to help you yeah. live your life the way you want to when you can't necessarily handle everything for yourself. Yeah, so that they're good, but they can be used for evil. But we are preaching for the good. Oh, yeah, most definitely. I would much rather everybody have one than not. We will try and help you pick the right person, but I, there's no question that you should have one. Well, we have given them a lot, Court. Are you ready to wrap this up? You ready to bullseye it? I guess since I've been doing all the talking this time, you're going to do the wrap up this time? (laughs) Sure, why not? (laughs) Okay, so I'm going to bullseye this. And really, you know, I did let Court be a lot of this podcast today because he knows what he's talking about with powers of attorney. And what I got from this, and I hope that you guys get, is that the importance of having a power of attorney, whether you are talking about your parents that are aging and wanting to make sure that if something does happen to them, that you're able to take care of them. You're able to gain access to their bank accounts to pay for their health care, to pay for different things, to handle their affairs. But also it's one of those that if you are younger and something does happen to you, if you get hit in a car wreck or if there's complications with delivery with a child, or if you just need to leave your kid with your grandparents, that you have that comfort, that you know peace of mind that things are going to be okay and that you know that it's going to be good for you. You're gonna be covered, your parents are gonna be covered. 
but this is just a simple document that you can add a lot of language in it to make sure that you're protected financially and healthcare wise. So it just, to me, it sounds like a no brainer. The hardest decision is gonna be, who do you trust to take over these positions in your life and find that legal professional to help you make this happen? That's my bullseye. Katie, you pretty much bullseyed everything. This is an important document. You need one. Go talk to a professional and get one. Bullseye. Ladies and gentlemen, there's the closing bell. You've made it to the end of yet another episode of the Bullcast Podcast. I'm Court Winsett, and that's Katie Pickler. And we have been talking for a long, long time. And if you liked what we said, guess what? You can go and find more of us saying things. Go to your favorite subscription service and and subscribe to the Bullcast podcast and it will come into your phone or your ears or your computer every single Thursday. That's right, ladies and gentlemen, there are tons of episodes out there. If you'd like to find out more about me and Katie or if you'd like to communicate with us, you can leave a comment on our website or suggest a topic by going to bullcastpodcast.com. We also have fantastic pictures taken by the master photographer, Cameron Spann. Those are available for you on Instagram. Our handle is at Bullcast Podcast. And as always, we have so many words that we don't get them all out here on the podcast. We have more that we have to say, and you can find those words on Twitter. That handle is at Bullcast Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, we work for a company called Pickler Wealth Advisors. And if you'd like to find out more about that company, more about the amazing team we work with, and more about our boss, David Pickler, then please check out that company at picklerwealthadvisors.com. That is advisors with an O. Not an E. Well, there she is. Ladies and gentlemen, I have given you enough to go forth and be merry. So for now, I'm Court. I'm Katie. And I'm Cameron. (laughs) And we done.